What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Flight Check Episode 3. Really excited. We got a great show lined up. Going to be talking a lot about Proving Grounds. Lost to EG Academy last week, but the lower bracket run, it's about to begin. The comeback starts Wednesday, 8 o'clock. Uh, we'll also be talking a little bit LCS playoffs, uh, Knox War, little bit of a you know fumble on the Team Liquid yeah. prediction there, buddy. Um, fine, and then <laughs> we'll get into that. And then of course we'll talk a little LCS MVP and uh, any viewer takes and questions that we get throughout the night. Make sure, gonna drop it right now. You hop into our Discord. Um, Hopefully, our uh, new bot will show that for us. And uh, if not, somebody can post the link, maybe. Um, join our Discord, and we will uh, see any interesting takes you've got there. Maybe a little bit more easier than if they're on Twitch. But without further ado, let me introduce to you the co-hosts tonight. I've got Knox War and Curly Double Q on the board with me. Curly, coming to you first. How has your week been? What's your me quest been looking like, man? How has my week been? Well, I you know, it's been a pretty good week. Definitely focus a lot more on being productive um, in person. Um, and so I guess, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if there's a part about being productive, but definitely been trying to get back in the physical. <laughs> Today I worked out and I'm trying to do that every day this week. Um, and hey. then, of course, with people yesterday for Easter, my uh, dad and stepmom came down and we visited my stepmom's family. So that was definitely real, real nice. And then, you know, I'm sure there's something else I can't think of right now that I've definitely done. Oh, you know what? I'm going to put an asterisk next to one for comfort. I didn't watch a movie, but I completed an anime. Hey, And you I'm going to call that an asterisk watch a movie comfort one. You know, we. Yeah, you know what? I, I count that. That's good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we'll are welcome on this show. We we welcome you know weebs. It's okay. We'll have to check You're... with Voiboy if if that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. What about fair. you, Knox? What have you been up to? Uh, same as you guys. Uh, Easter's this past weekend. Uh, I honestly just took the opportunity. I haven't really had the opportunity to really chill with my girlfriend all that much. So me and her kind of just took the day. We went out, had a nice little brunch, and we walked around for a little bit. And then we just spent the day chilling, watching TV, playing games together, which honestly was super awesome and lovely. And I, I'll be honest, I needed it. I think she needed it. So it was great. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I was going to work out today, and then work went way longer than I expected, so I'll probably have to squeeze that in sometime later, but it'll happen, trust me, I promise. And then uh, I would say we'll follow it up with, uh, you know what, Let, let's go with the hobby, in which case, I mean, I know I'm doing this right now, but uh, I, I, the community nights that we're doing for FlyQuest, uh, I'm very excited because I'll actually be able to sit down and join in for this one, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So I haven't done it yet, but it'll happen. <laughs> Nice, nice. What games uh, were you and your girlfriend playing? Uh, she has been playing Breath of the Wild, and so I've been just watching her because she just loves exploration and she loves figuring nice. things out and discovering all for herself. And I honestly, I don't even really play with her. I just watch and I get a kick out of it, and it's great. Hey, that's great. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, it's like duo queue, except it's like solo queue, right? And you're just <laughs> watching. So you're basically, so you're watching. 
helping your girlfriend uh, do a Twitch stream is what I'm hearing. You know? Yeah, basically. <laughs> so it's a private Twitch stream. It's great. <laughs> yeah, and you're the only viewer. I mean, that's fantastic. So Sometimes all awesome. you need is well, one fan. I mean, that's what I consistently <laughs> have. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, uh, so yeah. So last week, Proving Grounds kicked off, right? And uh, we went up. FlyQuest Academy versus Evil Geniuses Academy. Bit of a 2-0, you know, not necessarily yeah. the, the best result. Um, so let's get into that. I mean, Knox, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think? Kind of give me your summary, I guess, of the of the series overall. Like, what were you seeing? We can get into the game specifics in a minute, but I want to hear, like, your overall take on the series. Uh, overall, as a general, I would probably say... Game one was kind of what I expected, and it just didn't come out. And then game two was just, I felt like we stirred away from what we're comfortable with. And EJ, uh, Evil Geniuses Academy was just like, all right, well, I mean, if you're not comfortable with it, we're going to leap down your throat, and it'll be the end of it. 2-0, done. Mm -hmm. So, it, yeah, I felt like game one just didn't go how we wanted, and so we changed tactics, and then we got bit in the butt for it. That's putting it very <laughs> bluntly. Right, right. Yeah, Curly, uh, you know, any thoughts on the series? You know, <clears throat> I think it was, was it, um, last week you mentioned someone had a different coach. Was it EG? Yes, EG. So EG brought in Peter Dunn, who's been coaching the actual EG team. And they brought him on down. And he's been giving uh, coaching advice and coaching for the academy team, as well as prodigies, who also beat their uh, opponents who i can't remember off the top of my head but they also advanced the next round so you've got both eg teams on the next round of the upper bracket yeah and i think that definitely showed because in both games eg was a lot more composed than what i saw in the uh arena of legends <clears throat> and so so i think definitely that coaching really helped out elevate the players on eg uh, academy who already probably have some really good raw talent um, especially with contracts actually knowing how to land a spear. Um, that's like uh, the biggest uh, difference <laughs> um, when it comes to playing Nidalee is can you land the spear or not? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I've had some nightmares. I'm remembering, I think it was, uh, I think it was game one uh, mm -hmm. when, uh, first of all, that both Nidalees in, 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 for contracts in games one and two were absolutely disgusting. But like, I've had some nightmares about that. That one where uh, it was later in the, it was about midway through game one. Uh, he was in top lane, and I think it was up against Triple, bit of a one v one, and uh, Triple's sitting under tower, and uh, Contracts is sitting at bush, and he just flashes in, throws the spear, does nidally things, rolls on the keyboard basically, and just absolutely trashes him under tower, and it was like, whoo, that is what we are up against, and that was just that was a little tough to watch. That was kind of a big summary of that series for me but i think that's a good segue into a little bit of the draft talk here so you know first game uh you know we were on blue side for both games right and so first few bands we go um you know we go rise renekton nar um and then we follow up our second bands were uh i'm looking at alistar and blitzcrank um I think which so so yeah so basically started by focusing you know Tony top right in the top lane with the Renekton and Nar, uh, and then I think it's Jojo Pune with the Rise yep. I think is how you pronounce that. Mm -hmm. um, so what's interesting to me is like 
focused that top lane for sure. And then we put uh, Kumo on, you know, the Shen. And it was a bit of an interesting choice to me there. Like, uh, Nox, what did you think about that Shen pick? So uh, you, you say interesting, but uh, for me, I actually kind of liked it. Uh, okay. It's, it's into the Camille, in which case the Shen W allows for you to block that big old true damage chunk that Camille can do onto most other champions. On top of the fact that it plays right into the normal flag quest strategy of having some form of global presence, whether it be from mid lane with triple or from it being Kumo with the Shen and teleporting or whatever. So it honestly felt exactly what we're used to, what we planned on doing. Uh, I was actually fairly, I was okay with the Shen personally. Yeah, that's fair. And then we grabbed the Aphelios Thresh for the bottom lane. Which we uh, called. Yeah, we called that. I remember <laughs> tweeting about that one straight away. That was pretty hype. Uh, and then I'm trying to pull up the rest of the uh, picks and bands. All right, there we go. So then we grabbed the, um, yeah, the Victor. Uh, yeah, and the Shen, as I said earlier. So so basically putting a lot of emphasis on, you know, mid to late game. Uh, but I mean, from what I'm seeing... EG basically responded right back with a lot of early game, the Lucian and the Nidalee in you know particular. Those were pretty, you know, th those are tough picks to go up against when you're trying to, you know, wait out for late game, right? And you've got to make sure that, you know, you don't overplay or, you know, extend too far and make any mistakes, which in my mind is kind of exactly what happened, right? Yeah, yeah I would, I would pretty much agree. I'm I mean, Kumo's been performing pretty well, especially in the last tournament. I think mm -hmm. he definitely underperformed that series for sure. I don't think he was bad by any stretch of the imagination, especially on the Urgot in game two. But at the end of the day, especially on that Shen game, I, think, I don't think he was up to the standard, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the big thing was early on, you know, we kind of overextended in the bot lane. I'm just remembering where uh, we went for the gank. Um, and uh, Contracts was also there for the counter gank. Um, and then he kind of disappears up into the river bush a little bit. Um, and then uh, he tries to kind of wait it around. And we keep extending uh, further up, uh, to pushing up to the tower with NXI. And then um, they TP in behind, Jojo Pune TPs in behind. And then uh, they just, you know, wipe us out in that fight. And it was just, you know, if from there, you know, Lucian gets, you know, a couple kills. Nidalee got a kill, I believe. And from there, it's, it's just super tough because now the Lucian's ahead. Now the Nidalee's ahead. And as we said earlier, Contracts just lands those spears. It's just impossible to, you know, uh, go up against something like that when a man's got that 100% accuracy going on. Oh, man. Well, then, <clears throat> if, if we really want to talk about a point where Nidalee and that spear accuracy is kind of tragic for FlyQuest, is... Uh, the Baron fight? That Baron fight, yeah. When we go for a Baron fight after picking off Tony Top, which was a good shutdown there, um, we somehow keep them off Baron, even though it's kind of a dis... Uh, like, despite all of our play before then, we are able to get them into a disadvantage fight. We have the mm -hmm. prio on Baron. But we stick around, and Italy is just able to land so many spears and chunk everyone. Like, it started out great, but there was no sidestepping, no anything. And, like, the support's low. I believe um, 
Tomo even got low because of it. it just really chunked our health for free, for nothing. We didn't do anything about it. We didn't like really even get Baron, and especially the debuffs from fighting Baron hurt us a mm -hmm. lot there. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and then that fight just goes on so long that Tony Top respawns, he TPs back into the fight, and the Camille just comes in and, you know, one-shots a couple people, and it's over from there. So, I mean, that was basically, you know, that was the Baron. Felt like the game was pretty much lost there. We went another fight at Seoul. They took the rest of the map. At that point, it was pretty much, it was pretty much over from there. Uh, and then we went into Game 2, and... Not banning the Nidalee in game two <laughs> was so tilting for me. <laughs> like, how, how after that performance, do you not ban the Nidalee? Like, I I know there's, like, a stigma against, you know, reactive bans, you know, I guess a little bit. But it's like, when a man just pops off like that, you kind of need to, you know, respond, you know. And it's almost tempting fate a little bit to just say, like, hey... Yeah, you know, you went off this time, but it won't happen again. You know, you're just asking. So yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious. Uh, do you either of you know how the matchup in the Urgot goes? So because we ended up banning Zaya and Wukong on the second ban phase, which the Zaya is like okay if you want to try and pinch uh, Shoryu even further. Like, but at the same same time, I'm kind of confused why we're splitting bans between top and bottom. Mm -hmm. Like, is Wukong like good into Urgot? Is that something I'm not aware of or? Wukong, so I guess the thing with Wukong is it's not necessarily um, as much as it is good into Urgot. He can stand Urgot pretty well, especially like for that moment where he goes hidden and suddenly appears. Like just those mm -hmm. little tricky parts of his kit can definitely make kind of the trickier parts of Urgot's kit mean not like nothing. You're on equal level. You have the same amount of tricks up your sleeves. And so you, it's kind of a, a game, like two Jokers fighting each other at that point. Who's the better Joker, in my opinion? But when it comes to team fighting, that mm -hmm. ultimate is worth so much more than an Urgot ultimate. Because if you have um, your Ravenous Hydra, <clears throat> you're able to sustain yourself a lot more than an Urgot with a Titanic Hydra and maybe some Omnivamp, so you can outlast that team fight where he might be chunking a few people in there, but because you also got that knockup out, you get health back from that knockup because it's Omnivamp, and it, it just is more of a later game thing. And so it was kind of probably preventing that, at least in my opinion. No, and that, that all makes sense. I just, I, I don't know, I feel like... Uh while watching the game live, I thought, I was literally thinking to myself, it's like, okay, we banned the Zaya, and it's like, okay, well, at this point, either we banned the Kaisa from Shoryu, and, or, mm -hmm. did we ban, yeah, we banned the Kaisa from Shoryu, or, have we already picked it at that point? I'm trying to remember. Either, either way, I was just, I was wanting to uh, pinch Shoryu a more, or, uh, we forget the Zaya ban, and we just go and try and pinch the top lane even more from Tony Top, so that way the Urgot has a favorable matchup. Because in my head, it's like, I see the Urgot, I'm like, okay, well, literally every single time that we have played EG Academy, uh, Tony Top has had the counter pick onto Kumo every single time. So in my head, I was like, the very first champion band that I wanted was the Jax. I was like, where's the Jax band? And so the Zaya right. came through, I was like, okay, if we want to we want to try and pinch Shoryu, that's fine, I respect that. And then we kind of split it in half to Wukong and I guess I just don't understand the Wukong, although Curly kind of gave a good explanation for it, so it makes a little bit more sense, but I just, 
I don't know, in my head, I was already thinking Jackson, and we never saw the Jackson, and bam, there's the Jackson pick for Tony Toppin. That man popped off that game. Right, yeah, I mean, so the bands for game two, they were the exact same bands for game one, so, you know, we do Rise, Renekton, they drop the Udi or Hecarim Azir, so they, you know, focus NXI a little bit in there and triple as well, and then we started off with the Lily again, and they go with the Lucian Thresh, and, you know, technically, I guess Lucian is bit of a flex uh but they take the thresh and then they end up um you know they end up taking the aphelios uh thresh bot lane uh themselves in the second phase you know they took the jacks uh with their you know with their red uh five pick um and this time we banned out the or they banned out the victor and the tf so you know they really focused out triple uh in this uh in these bands and so he was left with um yeah, the Seraphine, which uh, I believe you noted uh, in our show notes here, giving it away a little <laughs> bit, uh, that this was his first uh, stage game on the Seraphine all split. Now, obviously, we don't know uh, what was going on in scrims, and um, you know, there's probably a good chance he's played it in solo cube or in a scrim game already. But you know, first oh, game, more than likely. yeah, more than likely. Uh, but you know, this ultimately our comp ends up you know being Urgot, Lilia, Seraphine. Uh, Kaiserel and Kaiserel, really, really good bot lane, right? Um, but it just yes. felt like this should have popped off. Yeah, this comp like should have uh, popped off, and I would have loved to have seen Tomo Dreams get very uh, aggressive in the bot lane and really hammer down on the Aphelios Thresh. But it felt like we just let them, uh, you know, again, just we overextended in fights, stayed where we didn't need to stay. And uh, just let them get ahead again, uh, you know, with the again with the Lucian and the Nidalee. You, you let those two champions get ahead in the early game. It's going to be a bad time when you're playing for a more later game uh, plan. And for me personally, I think it was a, a lot of it was just EG reading us very well. Like that, that comp should absolutely scream, okay, we're going top and bot. And mm-hmm. so for uh, contracts, who's on the Nidalee, it's like, well, for us personally, like I, I have, like if I'm in contracts head, basically you have a Jax versus Urgot top lane, and so you're you're already thinking, okay, well, NXI should probably be going top because that's where the big carry threat is for Fly. I'm gonna try and focus on the Aphelios Thresh for our team, so that way I'm gonna focus on bot lane. And that's kind of what happened was contracts was repeatedly down in the bot lane, and so every single time, like there was a big fight in the very beginning. I think it was three kills for eg or no it was two kills and then i think it was mm-hmm. uh, dreams barely scampered away basically and so <laughs> just it was over and over again of just like all right go bot lane get some more kills get our bot lane going in which case don't get me wrong the top side kumo was doing great and getting kills but it was not costing jacks anything either like he wasn't dying he wasn't losing waves or anything it was just uh kumo getting kills on to contracts and onto joju uh Jojo Pune? I can't remember his name, unfortunately. It's, it's Jojo Pune, so it's like J-O-J-O-P-Y-U-N. Yeah, Jojo Pune. Yes, so he, he was getting kills on the contracts in Jojo Pune. Yeah. And, but unfortunately, he wasn't shutting the Jax down, and so Jax is like, well, okay, I mean, yeah, you're getting ahead, but at the end of the day, I'm still going to outscale <laughs> you, and I'm still going right. to run your team down, so whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, it was frustrating because we basically picked ourselves you know when you when you set it up so that your final picks are you know you're you've kind of got the counter pick in mid right uh 
picking the Seraphine into the Lucian, but then you know you are blind picking your top laner, right? Um, I feel like you would want to put Kumo on something a little safer uh, than the Urgot. Now, obviously, like the Gnar and the Renekton, <laughs> we had banned those out ourselves. Um, See, but, I'm going to disagree know, with you there. I okay. think the Urgot was a oh. really good idea. Okay. If that was their plan, I don't think that they should have uh, left Jax open, as we talked about right. earlier. Because, I've, as I've mentioned before, Urgot, in my opinion, <clears throat> can be a win condition for Especially the team. He's a top laner throw. that, even when he doesn't succeed in the laning phase, can recover if you leave him alone for two minutes. Because once he gets that W maxed, he just has to press it off when he doesn't want to accidentally like destroy a plant. But the rest of the time, he can just have it on forever. He can shred minion waves. He can shred towers. He can <clears throat> shred neutral objectives, camps, everything. That W helps him farm so much better than a lot of other top laners without having to do anything. Aside from walk around and do a quick flip or two, you know? And yeah. so that enables him to recover a lot. So I think the Urgot is a really good pick, especially after we Kumo just didn't do what we wanted him to do on Shen, so let's make him have the more aggressive one. Unfortunately, that Jax, hard counter to Urgot, because that means for five seconds that W means nothing. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> if he's fast enough, he can chase you out of the E, or if he has enough tenacity, he can outstun. Like the thing is, you can't you can't even dash when he has a spin up. Like you've got to dash away because if you dash in, you're stunned after you stun him, and he's going to get out of the stun first, and he's going to unload at least two auto attacks on you. And that's, so that's it. Yeah. So so I guess the question then is: so if you know, okay, you're probably going to pick the Urgot here, right? Uh, then what band do you drop? Do you drop the you know? Because you they banned Zaya and the Wukong, right? So like, which one there, Curly? Would you drop if you know you're picking the Urgot and you don't want to get countered by Jax? Uh, if you were if you were doing this draft, uh, what would you drop, the Zaya or the Wukong ban? I would have dropped the Wukong for sure because as much as I can see the theory behind why you might want to stop him, that Jax is just something that hurts so much more mm -hmm. because we've all faced a fed Jax. <laughs> or Jax, who's been yeah. on the farm. We know what yeah, he can do. <laughs> I, I have both faced the Fed Jax and been the Fed Jax. Yeah. One of those is a lot more fun than the other one. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, Bonk. and then another thing with Wu, if they had picked Wukong, there's a lot less Wukong can do to defend from the sitting top that we were doing mm -hmm. than Jax can. Because Wukong's real thing is you just got to figure out which one's really him, and you're fine. Or whereas Jax just negates damage for a short amount mm -hmm. of time, unless it's yeah. AOE or skill shot, you know. Mm -hmm. So so that yeah that makes sense. So so in game, uh, you know, I think we saw what a lot of like back and forth skirmishes. Um, heavily and, in favor of EV. That's yeah. like what they thrive off of. Yeah, like, uh, talk about that a little bit, Nox. Like, like their comp, like, they want those skirmishes, right? Because they want to get ahead by little increments in the early game, right? Yep, so even throughout the entire the Arena Legends tournament, uh, and I, funnily enough, I was talking to uh, Loyota a little bit on Twitter, in which case, I mean, you can go read his tweets. He's just 
constant like AGA is just an early skirmish team. I'd be scared of their early game. Like, oh my god, their early game is just terrifying. They what they thrive off of skirmishing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these comps should scream that seeing them, but like even seeing the play styles, contracts, and everyone else on that team, you can just yeah. tell it's like, man, we are here to run your lane, and we're going to get our lead, and we're going to brute force this win. Like that is what they've come to do. And mm-hmm. so, and originally in the original uh, yeah, Arena of Legends uh, tournament, I mean, we got rolled in the first game. I think the final kill count was like twenty-seven to like five. It was bad. <clears throat> And then after that, we took time to adapt, and we were like, okay, we have got to make sure we slow this game down. And so and then when we slowed the game down, we ended up winning that Series 2-1. Mm-hmm. Come to this series, however, uh, basically what ends up happening is EGA is getting the fights, they're forcing them, it's happening, we're skirmishing. And honestly, I mean, we're keeping up for the most part, but like most every single skirmish or skirmish EGA is getting like tiny little advantages. So over time, after like four or five skirmishes, their gold lead's slowly, slowly increasing, even though we're getting kills onto our side too. And we're also getting gold. But at yeah. the end of the day, I mean, that's just how they thrive. And then you have a Jax who's a late game scaler. We're, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, they just uh, incrementally get that gold advantage. And then, yeah, right, right, right like you said. Uh, when the Jacks gets to that point. And then also the Aphelios. You know, the Aphelios at some point, too. Is he just yep. scales uh, to a point where our team just, you know, can't deal with him. So that was that series, right? So that was that was the 2-0 for EGA. Um, and, I mean, I'll be honest. I think uh, I think they deserved it when they... Well, yeah, uh, they totally deserved it. Right, sure. yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, they absolutely... Uh, they won that series. They had good drafts. They knew how to execute the comp. They really um, stepped up, like right. from yeah. I was I was really impressed. And a half um, that week and a half between Arena Legends and then they took their time and they really like were like, all right, how are we going to play yeah. this together? Because I also feel something I saw is <clears throat> a little bit more cohesiveness and like more yes. communication. Because I think with um, <clears throat> contracts, a big thing that was enabling him is I felt like he had a little bit more map presence than NXI, NXI in that series. Um, and that just, I guess, would come down communication. Um, and I don't know if there was just a little bit of pressure. I don't know what's going through FlyQuest Academy's um, side. I don't, like, I don't know what's going on with our players in this series because I also don't feel like it's the same players I was watching a week mm-hmm. ago. I, do, do you guys have that yeah. same feeling, too? Yeah, so, or here, you, you take it first, Andy. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, it was interesting because... <clears throat> I just keep thinking about the plays like that, you know, bot lane uh, play in uh, game one, you know, just staying way too long, getting a little greedy maybe, um, and then getting TP'd on and just, you know, uh, kind of losing the game from that point. Um, and so I, I felt like we really, you know, again, we try to, or we tend to pick for these mid to late game comps. And I think that's good. I just feel like, we got, you know, drawn against a team that plays for these early game skirmishes. And this time, uh, we weren't able to uh, outlast uh, those skirmishes or avoid them enough to get to our to get to our scaling peaks. And that's just where it was. So I, I'm not sure if, uh, yeah, if it's a completely different team. I think it's the same team. They just didn't execute in the way that they had previously. What do you think, Knox? Uh, yeah, part of it was just uh, execution was not there, and 
I, I think honestly, the coaching from Peter Dunn. I, I really, I really do think Peter Dunn had a huge deal or part in their EGA's win over us. Um, mm-hmm. I think they just they cleaned up their play a little bit and they kept their style. It just they cleaned it up a little bit. Their cohesiveness was there, and that coupled with the fact that I think we had some. Uh, bad decision making in the first game especially around the Baron and then the second game was us kind of just not getting the draft that we wanted and just EGA getting to play to their strengths yeah I totally agree and kind of one of my little my mindset on how you should play the game and draft is uh, you should always look at who the weakest link is on every team Mm -hmm. in which case the strongest link on EGA side, in my opinion, is contracts. I think contracts is definitely the strongest. And if we're being honest here, um, watching all these FlyQuest Academy games, I think, unfortunately, NXI is our weak link. In which case, for EGA, it's like, okay, let's target him. So let's get contracts on the Nidalee. Let's have him be aggressive on all those play styles. And let's not give NXI room to breathe. And it's going to set him behind. And it's not going to let FlyQuest do what they want to go do. So I think EGA is just honestly, they, again, once again, kind of like what TLA did uh, to us in the finals, they were actually prepped better on this particular instance. So hopefully it will just, it, it, we sh- hopefully we'll recover, we'll kind of get our mindset together and we'll kind of reset a little bit and we'll head into CLGA with kind of renewed vigor and we'll be good to go. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess uh, good luck to EGA for the rest of the tournament. Uh, you know, hopefully, if we run into it again, uh, it won't be good luck. It'll be... It'll still be good luck. They're just going to need it, because we're going to have been the loser's <laughs> bracket. We're going to have some skin on us. Hardened by battle. Um, yeah, they'll go up against 100 Thieves Academy, which is important because... To get to the next round, 100 Thieves, they beat CLG Academy, who we are going up against in round one of the losers bracket. Uh, So CLG Academy, uh, not going to lie, bit of a rough team. (laughs) Um, So they they qualified through, they had to go all the way to the last chance gauntlet. Now they they won that, but I mean, the fact of the matter is they... Uh, did not get top six in uh, Spring Academy. I don't remember exactly where they placed, but did not get top six, uh, did not get through either of the first two uh, qualifier tournaments, and yeah, ended up having to uh, win the last chance qualifier uh, in order to make it through. Um, And when I was reviewing their series versus 100 Thieves Academy, they had some weird comps. Like, I was kind of confused as to what I was seeing. I mean, some interesting picks for sure. Um, you know, you had the you had the volley bear. You know, I do like volley bear. That was pretty cool to see. Um, they also uh, went with uh, you know they had the not the, the, the top nocturne mid. Yeah, yeah the Akali top nocturne mid. Now I believe this is eleven six. So Akali does have those new buffs, right? I, yes, I think I believe I'm so. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's some new buffs on Akali. Uh, on eleven six, so yeah, just some like weird comps. So yeah, what was this? Uh, the first one for for them was they had the uh, Seraphine ADC right, and then Nocturne mid, uh, Volley Bear or no Seraphine support, Nocturne mid, uh, Misfortune ADC, Volley Bear top, uh, Volley Bear jungle, and a Kali top. It's just like 
what is going on with this comp? Like, I'm not exactly sure what it's supposed to do. Nox, what, I mean, what do you, what did you think when you saw this? Uh, for me, it just screamed like, hey, I want to dive in and I want to wombo them with the Seraphine because everyone's going to be grouped up in one little spot and hopefully uh, with the Seraphine because she's freaking OP right now. Uh, nobody dies, and so the assassins get to live and just make it to thrive in the back line of 100 Thieves, but uh, I think there was only one fight where they really truly got to do that, and there was one fight where I think Seal even had the optimal setup, and there was mm -hmm. that little bot lane fight, in which case I think there was like a three-man ultimate from the Seraphine, and then both the assassins were in the back line, and it didn't matter. 100 Thieves just lived through all of it somehow. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a weird comp. I don't know what the plan was there, to be completely honest. Yeah, Curly, what do you think when you hear that comp? Just, It's kind of wild, man. It's definitely... <laughs> it's interesting, to say the least. I know you're trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Let it out, Curly. Let him have it. <laughs> a Kali top? In... Into in, Aatrox. Like, against now, Aatrox. Like, they picked... Like, 100 Thieves picked the Aatrox, and he picked the Akali into the Aatrox. That only works in solo queue, where it's like, and, and you gotta, and that only caps at, like, silver. You're facing the Aatrox one trick, who has limited exposure. They've only faced your standard top laners, so because of that, they're not ready for the Akali to be popping everywhere. But in <clears throat> even minor league play, I just don't think, especially not in this meta, like, sure, the buffs, you, you just got those buffs, but it's just not, it's not it. I would, like, I think the Nocturne would have been better put top in the middle. Like, if they did a lane swap, everything would have been was, fine, in my opinion. I was going to say, it, it makes me feel like they forgot to hit swap. <laughs> they forgot well, to swap the champions during you draft. You forget it's like, to swap, you can just go different lanes. Like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> Oh, I mean, no, yeah, I just, I have no idea what was going on. But we're not going. here and to blame them, that's just, like, our takes on that. However, I do see from their second drafts that I'm looking at here, that their second match, which they do win against 100 Thieves. Yes. Is it actually, it looks like something you might have seen at World's Lock-In, like, like group yeah. stage. The Orn, the Hecarim, yep. like, you know, you've got the Orn on tank duty, empowering everyone, the Global Alt from Galio. The semi-global from Rise, Tristana being the hyper-carry of the moment, and Hecarim being able to farm and be ever-present. Yeah. That is a fantastic draft, because I think yeah. Hecarim's ability to move around the map just definitely was better than Nidalee. Like, because Nidalee, even though you can hop and move faster when you're in cougar form, that speed from Hecarim late game is just insane. He can be everywhere. He can do everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Orn was definitely a bit of a surprise, but it felt like they went right back to something a bit more comfortable, a little yeah. bit easier to execute than maybe, yeah, Wombo dive comp. Um, yeah, I mean, again, the Orn, like, it, it, interesting to see the Orn. Have not seen much Orn at all recently. I mean, this is the like, kind of when I was reviewing. I, I was like half paying attention to the draft, and then they got into game, and I looked, and I'm like, wait, that's. That's an Orn in the top lane. Because I, I literally, it took me having to hear him, you know, hammering away, you know, making an item for me to realize, wait, that's the Orn sound. Uh, I guess Orn's in this game. 
<laughs> I, I, I know I know Orn or I, I know CLG won that game and yeah. that's all well and good, but I don't even think that Orn really did all that much that game. If you want my honest opinion, I don't think CLG won that game. I think Hundred Thieves just lost that game straight up. Ooh. Most m- most of it was just Hundred Thieves attempting to go for stuff and then failing mm-hmm. it. And then yeah. CLG going like I guess I'll take the free gold. Oh, you're going to do it again? I guess I'll take more. Oh, we're at your in-hit towers? Okay, continue to end, please. Thank you. And that was like it. It was literally just them getting a win-handed on a silver platter. CLG didn't win that game. Mm. Well, then I guess they didn't win that last one, too. Where uh, And looking at the drafts <laughs> for the last one, 100 Thieves is kind of cheesing. Yeah, a little bit of an interesting comp for them. I'm trying to figure out, I assume it was the Renekton mid? That's what yep. sticks out to me. Yeah. Now, we've seen this before um, a little bit, right? I believe Evil Geniuses actually did this, right? Where they sent Jazuke top with the Nico. Yes. And yes, Renekton did. and Impact down um, into the mid lane <clears> on <throat> And I, I think this has also been done in some other regions as well. So it's not too weird of a comp. Uh, but CLG here, they kind of go they go back to the Nocturne. Um, this time in the jungle, though, they go Zaya Rel in the bot. Uh, rise mid, Aatrox top, so a bit more of a standard comp um, for them. But again, uh, I think Hundred Thieves just had the had the talent. Uh, clearly, a bit more talented of a team. You know, they've got Tamonte, Luger's really good. Tenacity and Kenvi are on the rise. I'm expecting to see them in LCS very very soon. Um, yes. So yeah, and Demonte, Demonte, we know, you know, he's been on the world's stage. He's a you know top class player. So yeah, I feel like CLG just got outclassed. Um, but in terms of playing them ourselves, uh, playing CLG, uh, uh, what do you guys think, Knox? Uh, tell me what you think the focus should be here. Like, uh, if we are going to continue with our mid to late game comp strategy. Uh, how do we how do we pick and ban around this CLG team who just they seem to just kind of do a little bit of everything? Uh, I mean, okay, so I'm not too worried about uh, CLG if we're being completely honest. Like I said, the one win they had was kind of handed to them. They haven't looked good in most of the other tournaments. Um, draft wise, the one thing I'm expecting to see us kind of make sure to keep in check is uh, a Narban. I, I think uh, who, who's a top laner for CLG? Uh, Teal, right? Teal? Theon. 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 Theon, my bad. Uh, Theon's one scary uh, champion has been the Nar, which Kuma mm-hmm. plays a lot of Nar, so honestly we may just pick that away from him. That's probably the one expectation I expect to see. We may throw a Nocturne ban because apparently the team's very comfortable with it, using that as a flex pick. Um, outside of that, though, I would really just expect this. Th- this this is a team that we can play our standard, and even if the other teams prep for us, I'm, I feel confident in saying that we'll still probably beat them. Like I'm going to be cockier. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, be careful. Yeah, pride goes before fall here. I mean, we don't. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, I feel pretty confident about this too. Um, Keel has definitely been a bit of a boon, I think, for CLG Academy. Um, but yeah. Uh, so I, I would be interested in seeing us maybe target ban him a little bit. Curly, what do you think? Uh, should we stick with the with the late game stuff? Should we try something different? What uh, What are you seeing here? I think, I mean, personally, you can't make a dramatic shift in one week. So we're definitely going to have to ride on what we're already doing. I think we'll definitely have a comfortable series against CLG. 
Um, I think their variety of picks is going to be kind of a crutch for them because we have a consistency of our picks. As long as we like rely on the champions we know are powerful for our team, I think we'll be all right in the draft phase and in the plane. And um, the big thing <clears throat> is I want to make sure that we see NXI enabling um, Tomo to pop off mm. and Kumo just making sure he holds his own. Because I think that is for the betterment of the team at the way it is right now. Of course, in any region and anything, you always want to focus on how can you have a more powerful early game, in my opinion, because if you're more powerful early, you can end the game quicker. Um, and so, and that's kind of essentially what happens in other regions where they end the game quicker, which is why NA always speed runs worlds. We just take our time. <laughs> um, but this isn't worlds. This is FlyQuest Academy. So that's there's a little bit more, or not just FlyQuest uh, LCS Academy. So the stage, the stakes are a little lower, and you've got a little more breathing room in what you can do. I, I thought this was Academy Worlds, though. Hold on, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, this is Academy Worlds. No, I think that's good. I think those are some really good points, Curly. So I'll come right back to you then. Uh, let's get some predictions. Uh, how are we feeling? Uh, is this going to be the quick 2-0? Uh, 2-1? How are you feeling here? Uh, as long as we don't go full stupid like 100 Thieves did in Game 2, I think this should be a 2-0. All right, 2-0. Curly, how about you? I am also confident in a 2-0. Um, as long as we do these, you know, do our drafts well, players mm -hmm. are consistent, we're going to be fine. Yeah. It's going to be a I, awkward I, a week from now when we're, uh, <laughs> the VOD when we're reviewing the VOD and it's it's two 18-minute <laughs> stomps. <laughs> we, get, we get absolutely wrecked. Shelly is dancing uh, at the Nexus because they they got Rift Herald to Nexus both games. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think a depressing I'm, podcast next week. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm also gonna go uh, go with the two zero, uh, and I think that's fair. And uh, one one quick thing I want to note here: I'm looking at the the bracket for Proving Grounds. I'm not sure exactly how the um, reseeding is gonna work. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what game from round two will drop? You know, if we were to move on, I don't know what uh, match would drop from round two into loser's bracket. It's a complex bracket. I'm just going to wait for Leaguepedia to update and then we'll figure that out. <laughs> Actually, so what it'll be is if we win, we will play against the winner of uh, Dignitas Mirage and TSM Academy. And oh, okay. if we win that again... We will have either a rematch against EG Academy, or we will play 100 Thieves Academy. Okay, interesting. Huh. I'd like to see us face Dignitas Mirage, personally. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and and that brings up <clears> something else I wanted to know, looking at this bracket. There were three amateur, um, I'm sorry, four, four amateur teams four. that, yeah, uh, yeah, I missed EG Prodigies uh, at first. Four amateur teams out of uh, the first round, making it through. You got Zeus Gaming, No Org, great name by the way, No Org, and uh, Barrage and EG Prodigies. Um, that's really cool to see uh, that these amateur teams are winning series. Uh, the big one obviously was Barrage upsetting uh, TLA. That TLA. was mm -hmm. uh, Zeus Gaming beating TSM Academy. Uh, no Org beating Golden Guardians Academy. 
honestly not surprising at all. Uh, that one. No, that one was kind of expected. Yeah, that one was kind of expected. Uh, but I'm really interested to see. Now you've got some really hype matchups: uh, C9 Academy versus Zeus Gaming, uh, Dig Academy, and that's the team with like uh, Lurlo, Acadian, Musui um, versus EG Prodigies. Some banger matchups this week. Oh, yeah. Like I'm really excited for uh, what we've got going on. Do you want to know my dream grand final? Please. Oh boy, drop it! I off. would love to see Zoo versus Fly Academy. Oh yeah, the toilet because paper. I would cat. love to see that toilet paper <laughs> on, the, on the grand final stage. Whatever they're doing for it, just with the words "grand finals" around it. That sounds great. But then also on top of that, it like <clears throat> it kind of brings into something that I'm seeing happen in the Western leagues overall, and mm-hmm. actually even the LPL is where the long-standing giants are being torn down. Everyone's being taken down to an equal level on like all areas like <clears throat> just to touch into lec real quick g2 and rogue are in the losers bracket mm. <laughs> fighting yeah. each other before they go to match. it's always g2 fanatic final so the fact that there's no fanatic and g2 might not make it against mad lions and will probably my prediction probably lose to mad lions if they do everything in the western world and even the lpl is just kind of being shaken up and I like that a lot, because even down here in Academy, what? you see amateur teams taking on the top of the top, and faring well. It'll it'll be a good day when that finally happens to LCS, because unfortunately we are still stuck with Team Liquid, Cloud9, and TSM. <laughs> yep, those <laughs> are our top three. Uh, well, okay. Can we contact so, Red and uh, get him to change the script a little bit? It's kind of getting boring, you know? Yeah, the script, uh, it's getting a little old, guys. Um, all right, so Fly Academy, they play CLG Academy, 8 o'clock. Uh, that's 8 p.m. Wednesday. Wednesday night, April 7th. So be sure to tune in. You will definitely see myself, Knox, and Curly in the Twitch chat there cheering on the boys. You might not uh, see me in the chat, but I will definitely have it on my screen. I'll be in a night class. <laughs> he will be in a night class. So, uh, you know. <laughs> He's there, that's all that matters. Getting that good, good education. Uh, oh, yeah. We love, we love smart people here on the podcast. Uh, I just <laughs> super fast note: uh, if you guys haven't looked up this Zoos Gaming uh, logo yet, please do yourself a favor and go check it out. Whatever you're doing, if you're watching it live right now, uh, if you're listening to the audio later, just stop what you're doing. Uh, don't stop driving if you're driving and listening. Uh, but just no, quickly pull over. Pull over on the emergency lights. Pull your car over. Look up this logo. It is a cat anthropomorphized as a roll of toilet paper. It is the most hilarious thing I have ever seen. Go check this thing out. Oh, man. All right. Okay. Well, so Academy isn't the only uh, org tournament or whatever. Thing uh, happening right now. Thing happening right now. We've got things. We love things here. Uh, things are great. We love everything on this podcast, uh, <laughs> right? What, what could go wrong? Um, LCS playoffs. We had a couple series. We had 100 Thieves TSM on Sunday. Uh, we had TLC9 Saturday. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen those series, they were... Those were games. Uh, <laughs> they, they, were, they were games. We watched some matches. We I, watched I, I, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> there's not much more to say to that, honestly. There's not much more to say. Uh, Nox really... Uh, let's just say Nox doesn't want to talk about TLC9. So let's start. No, no. Uh, <laughs> by talking about TLC9, right? Let's talk about talking TLC9. <laughs> let's, 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 let's just get it out of the way. Bring it on. Right. Come on. First of all, this man. This man right here. <laughs> this man called the TL win. Now, I, I'm not saying that was a bad call. It wasn't a bad call. I think predicting TL, fairly legitimate prediction. However, C9 looked really, really good on Saturday. Uh, I need to go back and watch those games a little bit more. But they just look good. Um, Fudge, to his credit, now, I mean, it, compare Fudge from LCS lock-in to now. I mean, the man has gone leaps and bounds uh, from Great where he you can see Huge development. You can see his confidence it was already there right i mean remember he called uh he called what did they he call other top laners in lcs he called them brainless players <laughs> or whatever it was uh, the man's got confidence he's got mojo that's great uh but now he's backing it up with the play and man that is so good to see from a rookie uh yeah curly were you able to watch uh tlc not at all unfortunately i did not get around to it no <clears throat> Nox, uh, why don't we, why don't we hear your thoughts? What went wrong for TL? So, <laughs> okay. First off, let, let me pull up the draft really quick, so that way I can go look at the draft a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But the main, the main takeaway from this particular series for me was that I think TL just did not respect how well Fudge was going to play. I, mm -hmm. I truly believe that. Uh, granted, I didn't think Fudge was going to play that well either, but here, here he was popping off. Um, the first game was Cloud9 just kind of slowly making sure, like the draft felt kind of weird, and Cloud9 just kind of slowly clinched it, and then game two comes around, and TL's like, oh yeah, well, bam, we can do that too, not a problem. <laughs> and then after that, it was just kind of like, well, uh, okay, I got the draft on the pull up. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, just felt like uh, Cloud9 had just the better understanding of how they wanted to play the game, in which case, the other thing was they were just constantly shutting down Alfari. They didn't let Alfari play the game at all. And so, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think that's what you have to do if you want to be Team Liquid. Uh, the man has, in my opinion, contention for MVP status, which we'll get into later. Um, but then you have Blabber constantly visiting top lane, making sure, hey, you don't get to play the game. Fudge is going to do what he wants. And on top of that, Fudge is actually a better player now. So it's not just like he's now going even with you with my help. He's now beating your ass. And it's just a good time for Cloud9. I'm seeing uh, here in the drafts yeah. that he went Renekton and then just camped on Psy on the rest. And as a top laner, I hate that. I hate, <laughs> I hate facing that. That hurts my soul to go up against. So I am so sorry, Alfari, Oof, for what you yeah. had to go through. Man. Well, yeah, I mean, it was yeah, it was definitely a series. Um, C9 on their way to finals. Uh, they'll be there. And I'm excited that, that those finals are going to be live um, in the L.A. Theater, I think it's called. Um, yeah. I forget the actual name. I think it's L.A. Theater. Um, excited to... No fans, but I'm excited to see uh, a live NA event once again. That'll be really cool. Um, and then TL, they unfortunately fall to loser's bracket, but they're not out. And they'll be going up against T1 
TSM, who uh, had the 3-0 sweep of 100 Thieves. I'm sorry, not 3-0. No, it was 3-1. There was a win in there. <laughs> there was a win. There was a win. Um, so 3-1. Uh, I did not uh, get to see much of this series, unfortunately. Um, I actually so, got to watch this whole series, and I was watching it with the 100 Talk guys. So if, Ooh, that's a bit yeah, rough. Curly, Curly, how much of this series did you get to see? Again, I was, I was not able to catch LCS at all this weekend. No worries. And I really only no caught one day of lec and then i just had to look at the like the standings well you had the you had the fanatic uh series which we we won't uh we won't we, we won't talk about for you buddy we won't that talk about to watch yeah they will that maybe I slowly we, we, i was we, we watching with my friends and i just slowly died inside as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so nox uh sounds like you have the most expertise on this series so give us your quick just your quick take on it uh what were you seeing so, uh, hundred thief. Funnily enough, I don't feel like TSM really did much this series. I mean, don't get me wrong; they played well and they knew what they wanted to do. But yeah. uh, it felt like hundred thieves. And I actually stand by this fact. This whole uh, this whole playoff series, hundred thieves has actually come in and out of the nine games, or sorry, the ten games that they played, I actually think nine out of ten of them they won their draft. They came in and they actually dominated the draft phase, and I stand by that fact. The only one they didn't was, of course, the one game they beat TSM in, which, whatever, it makes no sense. But they knew what they wanted to do. They came in with a plan. They came in with a goal in mind, and at least for the TSM series, uh, it, they just looked like they weren't practiced. And so they kept drafting one three one cops, picking the Jace top, and hopefully beating uh, Huni in with Nar, and then hopefully with Ryoma having being on the Lucian or whatever it may be, having that other split lane, and they just kept getting picked, and they kept losing fights, and then TSM was like, well, we're going to go take a 20-minute drag, and that was that. And so eventually game three comes around because they're down 2-0, and they're like, okay, we got to switch it up a little bit. We'll go to a team fight comp, and they lost that draft for the first time all playoffs long, and it made no sense, and suddenly TSM just shat the bed, and they pick up the first win. And so I was like, okay, well, I mean, whatever. Let's see what happens in game four. And then game four comes along, and I'm still kind of iffy on whether they actually won the game four draft or not, but it was pretty dead even. And at that point, TSM just kind of – it was a close-ish game, but it wasn't really anything like to write home about. It wasn't very entertaining. It wasn't very impressive from either side. And TSM just eventually ended up being the better team winning against 100 Thieves. So – yeah. At the end of the day, I, I think TSM didn't really have to do all that much to win. They just had to play better, and they did, which sounds like a very generic statement, but, I mean, it's kind of true. And yeah. so coming into the series against TL, I, I would actually be very nervous about TSM. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, just noticing the uh, the 100 talk guys in the chat. Uh, quick <laughs> shout-out to them. I think they'll be <laughs> – Oh, boy. <laughs> They'll be going oh, live no. uh, pretty soon after uh, it's after we go off air. Thirty so go, minutes uh, from now. Yeah, they'll be going on real soon. So go hang with them after you're done with us. Uh, so we'll be wrapping up here shortly. But couple just couple quick things to hit on real fast. Um, quick thoughts. Uh, so we've got TSM versus TL. Winner of that takes on C9. Uh, I'm personally still feeling uh, TL uh, beating out TSM. And then I think, I think it's just going to be the C9 run again um, in the grand finals. Um, I think we'll probably see 
I'm going to go for the TL30 and then the C932 uh, in finals. Um, but that's just my thoughts. Uh, Curly, how about you? How are you feeling uh, on this kind of loser's final into grand final? I mean, I'm kind of... I'm flip-flopping between my original predictions and what I've seen through the series. <laughs> because I really do feel... I, f- I don't think it's going to be a 3-0 regardless of which team wins for the TSMTL. I don't think it's going to be a 3-2 either. I think like <clears throat> it's going to start off one side gets a win, the next side gets a win, and then one of them pick up momentum because they learn from it. <clears throat> um, now whether that means it's going to be 1-3 or 1-1-2... I don't know. That's how I think it's going to play out. Now, as for which team is on the winning side, <laughs> I want to say TSM hard. so badly. Oh, okay. But I'm going to stick with TL because I think I think they really showed up for the midseason showdown. Uh, took those couple weeks off and like they've been playing pretty well. And it makes sense that they beat C9 because C9 has just been a very powerful team this entire season. Um, and so. TL is just running those heels, and I think I want them to see their second shot at uh, being C9, you know? I think it's fair. Knox, uh, how are you feeling? So I'm going to – I'll cut it quick on the TSMTL. I think it will be a TL131. I don't, I don't trust uh, – currently, I don't trust Beardson's drafts <laughs> to make any difference against JAT. I mean, he hasn't been drafting terribly, but he hasn't been drafting well either, I don't think. So mm-hmm. I think it should fall in favor of TL31. And then I, you know what? I'm going to stand by the TL boys. I think they will still be Cloud9. I think Jack's going to come back in. I think he's going to reevaluate what went wrong in the Cloud9 series originally. And I also think Alfari getting, just getting his shit pushed in all Cloud9 series long, I think it'll just be a matter of, uh, Alfari not being wanting to put up with that. I think he's going to come back into this reinvigorated. And while I don't think Fudge will have a bad series by any stretch of the imagination, I don't think Fudge is going to get the same advantages he was getting via Blabber this time. So I'm going to stand by it. I'm going to say, yeah, I think it'll be a brutal slaughter fest. I think it'll be a 3 2 TL win. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, that'll be, that'll be super interesting. I believe. Uh, that's this weekend. Um, so everyone, make sure to tune in twitch.tv slash LCS, uh, youtube.com slash LCS. Uh, get those viewership numbers up. Or go uh, to so, esports like I do so you can get your rewards. Hit the drops. Uh, are they still <laughs> doing drops? I haven't, I haven't oh, got They're any very inconsistent. You never know when they're going to happen, which is why so I you have always to be watch there. It, you know like there was um during the final weekend of lec there was a random rogue one there was oh. an xl one it came it all came out of nowhere there's no reason or rhyme to any of it <laughs> but i know for a fact that when it comes to the final if you don't watch this weekend make sure you watch the uh, finals on lol esports because they always always have drops during the finals Makes sense. <clears throat> that sounds a lot like my bronze solo queue games. No reason or rhyme to any of it at all. Um, however, for MVP discussion, there's a little bit more logic uh, that you can go through here. Uh, so first of all, MVP. Uh, I believe we are down to five people. I don't know if they updated it. I want to see if I can find that. Uh, I, I, saw, I saw the list of 10. I, I haven't seen a list for five yet. so I, I think they yeah, narrowed it down to five. So I should have pulled this up before. I apologize, but I am now trying to find this. It. 
I got it. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so top five, top five vote getters: uh, Alfari, top lane TL, uh, Blabber, uh, C9 Jungle, Core JJ TL support, FBI, Hundred Thieves ADC, uh, and Power of Evil mid lane for TSM. Real fast, it's Alfari, Blabber, Core JJ, FBI, Poe. Um, I think some pretty deserving names all around here. Um, and then I actually want to pull in a quick viewer take that we got uh, on Twitter. Uh, so shout out to uh, Elwoods at Bruiser's Cool Dad on Twitter who <laughs> re <laughs> replied to us earlier and said, Impact 100% deserves MVP. I will not be convinced otherwise. Unfortunately, uh, at Bruiser's Cool Dad, Impact, he made top 10, but he's already been eliminated. However, this kind of brings up an interesting point that I want to pose to you guys. When it comes to determining MVP, uh, so like I watch a lot of traditional sports, right? I'm a big baseball, football, soccer guy. Um, and so in those sports, MVPs, they tend to get awarded, like especially in baseball, to players who are not necessarily on like the best teams. Um, so, for example, there's Mike Trout on the Los Angeles Angels. The Angels have not done very well for the last uh, several seasons. In fact, since Mike Trout joined the team uh, several seasons ago, they've not even made the playoffs. Or they've, uh, if they have, they haven't at least won a playoff game. But Mike Trout is so good that he has won MVP. So is there room uh, in the LCS ever for MVP to go to a player who is not on a top two, top three team. What do you guys think? Curly? Yes. Oh, oh Knox, Knox first. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, Curly, uh, what do you think here? I'm definitely, I, I'm going to agree. Like, maybe not this split, but I do think there's definitely the potential there, especially with um, the fact that if you look at um, the MVPs, I know Dignitas did finish top four, the five? Top six. six. Top five, top six. Six. Five yeah, six. You so they're know. not necessarily the quote-unquote best of the teams, but they still got two players in there. And I'm honestly a little surprised we didn't see Dardock in there. I think that's because in the last couple of weeks of the split, he wasn't performing as much as he was early on. Um, <clears throat> but with that up there, I think that's evidence. And then also with uh, FBI making his appearance on there, 100 Thieves is still, you know, they're powerful organization much respect to you guys but you're still just out of that cusp of those big three that everyone expects to come and perform because you'll be there next season but yeah i i mean i think it's an interesting discussion knox uh what do you think about this so i was gonna say yes because it's already happened before because arrow got mvp back in i want to say 2016 on phoenix one when that team finished i think fourth place or third place uh -huh, interesting so, uh, but a bit of I a guess throwback more, right there. <laughs> uh, more in relation to this back then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've been around for a while. I, I have a lot of a uh, lot of uh, memory from splits. Season but, uh, six LCS was a time, man. That was uh, that yes. was a that was a year. Oof. <laughs> but uh, to get more relevant towards this split, and I guess more in reference to uh, Bruiser's cool dad, who has actually been my best friend of twenty years. Um, <laughs> so I actually agree with the idea of Impact being in the top five. I think he actually 
was kind of robbed a little bit. Like, because uh, who were the top? So you had, I don't think Corjay should, Corjay J should be at the top. I straight don't. I don't think he was. Okay. So replace, um, uh, replace core with impact is what you're saying for yes. the top five. Uh, I would probably rank impact as the third best player of the split, or at least third most valuable player of the split. Um, the man had just crazy carry games, or at least mm -hmm. crazy like comeback games, rather. Uh, right. The one reason I'm not ranking him higher than what my two top candidates are, being Blabber and Alfari, are because some of those games where he had comeback games were also his own <laughs> faults, but it, it, semantics at that point. So, I yeah, to be completely honest, I think Impact was kind of robbed. I think he should have been ranked higher than he actually is. I think he was better than Power of Evil, because Power of Evil, as steady and consistent as he was, wasn't actually doing that that much and then who was the fourth one sandy F fbi uh, fbi uh, yeah. fbi was doing a lot of work for him he was and so so i was gonna say like fbi I, I don't know if i can bring myself to make him my number one but i actually might have him as my number two uh i think fbi uh did a lot of work for hundred thieves this split and deserves to kind of be in that conversation for for at least top three. Um, right now, I'm kind of leaning towards uh, Blabber. I need to go through and kind of look at the stats. I think uh, Blabber definitely had a bit, like Cloud9 as a whole fell off a little bit, right, at the end of Spring Split. But I think they were doing a little bit more limit testing, you know, trying yeah, to experiment. Yeah, they, you know, they knew they had playoffs in lock. They knew they had upper bracket pretty well sealed. They just needed to, you know, win a couple games. Um, but, uh, yeah, FBI, I think, you know, you take FBI. Again, it, it goes back to, like, most valuable player. You know, if you took Alfari away from Team Liquid and replaced him, you know, with Impact, you know, like what, or replaced him with, like, Licorice maybe, right? Like, how fundamental would the team change? I think if you took FBI out of 100 Thieves and replaced him with an average to good LCS ADC, 100 Thieves would not be a top four team. I think they'd you know be more they'd be more top six. Um, yeah. You know I think there's something special about the bot lane combo of FBI Huhi that other bot lanes simply don't have. Uh, so if you took you know so I don't know how another ADC would slot in with Huhi. But yeah, I think if you replace FBI with anyone worse, that team goes way down, uh, way down the rankings. Um, so for me, that's why, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I've almost actually talked myself into FBI being my vote uh, because I'm just <laughs> looking at like, I'm looking at that and then I'm looking at Blabber and it's like, okay, well, if I took Santorin and put him on C9, uh, it'd be a bit of a different team, but they'd still be pretty good, probably top two still. Yeah, I yeah. mean, so I think it's yeah, it's between Blabber and uh, FBI for me. <clears throat> I think um, I definitely agree with Alfari, Blabber, and FBI being top three. Um, as much as I have the utmost respect for Core JJ and Power of Evil, I think a lot of what got them up there is kind of context of mm. just their teams and all that stuff, especially in the case of Core JJ. If I'm being real there, I think there's a lot more hype around the name than there is results putting him in MVP mm -hmm. status. That's not to discredit his ability as a player, of course, but it also kind of um, it, it points out that I think what will likely happen is we'll probably see Blabber be the MVP from the community okay. because 
you always see what the jungler and support do. It's the most present role, and so that's what people are going to be able to reflect upon. You don't see, like people just don't look at much as what happens with top laners or ADCs unless they go above and beyond what they have to do. Like the goalposts for junglers performing well to be noticed is here, for solo for this, like the lanes up here, you know. And so mm -hmm. I definitely think. My money, um, if I'm being honest, I am, however, going to back up with Blabber. Um, aside from a little bit of the slip-off towards the end of the season, I definitely saw him really taking control of the jungle, even if he didn't have it in the early game. And that is so crucial to a team. And so, like, while I agree with what you're saying of if they take that player away, does it change the team overall? And yeah, that is definitely important, but from just the evidence of this season, how he's played, how he's helped out his team, I definitely, I personally am going to go to Blabber and I'm going to predict that the community will as well. So to summarize, I think all three of us are waiting towards Blabber being our MVPs. Yeah, I, I think Blabber seems to be pretty consensus, at least top two. Uh, and then yeah, FBI and Alfari definitely being up there as well. Yeah, let, let me clarify. I think uh, FBI is actually my number three, not Impact. I think I probably need to have Impact at number four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Curly, where would you put Impact? Do you think uh, Impact up there? <sighs> <laughs> wait, wait, what you got, Curly? Come on. I don't know, because <clears throat> I I really feel like his performance, from my perspective, was not necessarily coin flip. But it wasn't as consistent as some of the people that we see up there. I can agree with that. In my opinion. And so, as much as he is a very powerful and respectable top laner, um, I can kind of see why he's not in the top five. Personally. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good discussion. And I suppose we'll find out uh, the winner of uh, MVP. And I believe also, I don't know if they're doing a rookie of the split. Um, or if they're going to do like a full rookie of the year, I'm not exactly sure what they're doing, but I know we'll find out MVP before finals this weekend. So I'm excited to find out who gets that honor. It better go to Neo. It better go to Neo. It could go to Neo. Uh, it could also go to Fudge, and I think that's. I guess. Uh, I, 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 mean, it, I think it's. I think it should go to Neo. I, that's Fudge has been good, but I think yeah. Neo is like absolutely deserving. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, obviously, no disrespect. This might just toward... be the top laner in me. I'm gonna give it to Fudge. Really popped off. My opinion. That's fair. He did. If, he did. If there was a, uh, if there was a most, well, there's, there's two, there's two theoretical awards uh, I could give. If there was a most improved player over the course of the split, that goes to Fudge. If there's yes, a, exactly. if there's a player who carried my fantasy team all split long, uh, it's <laughs> it's it's Neo because that man, uh, if if I picked him Callista in uh, sleepers fantasy, uh, man, that guy got me a hundred plus points every single week. <laughs> I, it was, I, I, I forget, it was who, who who won between you and Rice Box? Was it you? It was, it was Rice. Shout out Thank to you, Rice Box. For Shout out to Rice Box. Yeah, shout out to Ricebox, uh, uh, the r slash FlyQuest mod, and also in the FlyQuest Discord. Um, but yeah, Ricebox did win in the uh, FlyQuest Discord Fantasy Finals. 
Well, that uh, that is pretty much uh, the show. There was one other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, Curly doesn't know that I was going to ask him about this. But, man, talk to us about Fnatic. What happened, dude? Oh, <laughs> what? You're doing it to him? <laughs> I right, mean, let's, look, let's bring I, Curly's LEC corner. What happened to Fnatic? <laughs> Curly's LEC corner. What happened? Lost to Schalke. Um, what do you we got, got three out by Schalke, and what happened there? We didn't show up as a team. Yeah, I love the Fnatic boys to death. They're all great personalities. They have some of the best YouTube content out of any of the pro teams, if you ask me. And they look on paper, you think they'd be such a cohesive team. When you see the way they interact with each other, that did not happen at all. And I don't know why. I don't know what was going through each other's brains. And then the big thing, the biggest thing for me, was in the third game where we had two minutes of hope. Two minutes of hope where we could turn this around. Uh, I think Whippo got a triple kill on Aatrox. And for some damn reason, he chased down Limit when he didn't have to. He chased down a Corky on Aatrox. Oh, no. There was no reason to, and he got um, killed for it, and it, it made the whole play just worthless, and then it, it, we just shat the bed from there. Like, that tilted yeah. all the players Rough. off the face of the earth, and I think the thing there that happened is, as much as I have the utmost respect for all pro players, because I know that they're way above me, is what I saw on, on, that, on Friday during that series is, aside from one game, saw Hilly doing his classic overextending, Self-made wasn't playing up to par, and in terms of draft, for some reason, even though TF was good early split, I don't think we should have given Niski TF, because I feel he was held back by those picks. It's just some draft diff, some team play diff, and it, it just, it was rough. It was very rough, and it ended up in Schalke or in circles, but then it also brings up what I mentioned before, is I think the Western world, in terms of league, is getting flipped on its head. I think summer split at least in Europe, is going to be insane. Because oh, Mad Lions, I'm saying it now, I'm going to stick with it until I'm proven wrong. Mad Lions is going to win Spring Split. Woo. I think they're going to beat Rogue. I think Because I think G2 is not performing as well as they were. I th So I think it's going to be Mad Lions Rogue. Um, but if not, it's going to be Mad G2. Regardless, Mad Lions wins. And that's going to put a lot of pressure on everyone that's gonna make Astralis and Vitality feel so inspired that they have a shot to climb up from the bottom because Mad Lions was taking a lot of flack during the season. The fact that Schalke 3 0 Fnatic and brought um, G2 to a game 5 shows that the old ways are going away. <laughs> the old giants are being taken down and all we need to do is just outplay them. We can do it. We can all do it. Anyone can be the top. And that's what I want, not just in the LEC, but in the world stage. Because the one thing that made me so upset last season <clears throat> was I'm afraid of a return to Korean domination Ooh, of League. Yeah. Because when it's for just for one person running over and over again, team. it's not as fun. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's just like, Damwon. Right, who's going to be it's second place to Damwon? You know? 
Yeah. So if we can get it to where we produce a more powerful team from the competitiveness and LEC, and if that comes over to LCS, that'll be great. That's my so that's what happened with Fnatic and what I hope comes for the future. And then well, I have um, some talks about like my theory with the world of League being flipped on its head and how it applies to FlyQuest and our opportunities, but I think that'll have to be saved for another time, particularly the pre-summer show. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Looking that is a that is a certified banger take. Uh, excited to get into more of that. Yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing LEC uh, finals this weekend as well as LCS. Uh, I know LCK finals are also coming up. LPL playoffs are happening all week. Uh, just a lot of this is a great one of those great times for professional League of Legends. Uh, well, yeah, I think that's just about it. Uh, Nox, any quick shout outs that you want to drop? Uh, shout out to, like I said, my best friend, Bruiser's cool dad. Uh, always been there for me, always helping me out, and hopefully he's been doing okay. I haven't really chatted with him in a while. Uh, shout out to Drek as usual. I see Fian in the chat. Thank you for the fire merch. Uh, and stick with your meat quest, guys. Keep it up. Absolutely. Curly, any shout outs? I'm going to retweet that shout out of Fian, especially because I got a big merch drop today. I'm wearing mm. that uh, Spring Split jersey. I've got the two stickers. And then I also, uh, right back here, I'm going to be protecting and saving the bees as I'm protecting and saving the world with my mask. Excellent. Um, <clears throat> this man's a new fashion model on Twitter, by the way. Go follow him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if you guys need fashion models, I do. You have my Discord. <laughs> and also, I want to, as always, shout out the 100 Talk guys. Sorry to steal yep. that from you, Sandy, but they are really awesome. Um, and you should definitely check them out later. They've got some really good discussion. And, yeah, that, I think that's it for my shout outs this week. Sweet. Yeah, uh, just a couple quick ones for me as well. Also, wearing some sick merch made by Fiend. Uh, got this hat in today. Got my spring split jersey, mask, stickers, all the cool gear. Uh, it all looks super sick, and I love uh, wearing all of it. Uh, yeah, again, quick shout out to the 100 Talk Guys, twitch.tv slash 100 Talk Pod. Go follow their show. They will be live uh, pretty soon, uh, I believe. And then also uh, make sure to watch uh, Hotline League with Travis Gafford later tonight. Um, and then uh, that'll be pretty much it. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Academy for Proving Grounds this week. 8 o'clock, Fly Academy taking on CLG Academy. Make sure to watch all the other games. A uh, lot of great matches going on this week. Twitch.tv slash LCS. Or lolesports.com, wherever you like to catch all your League of Legends for LCS Finals this weekend. This has been Flight Check Episode 3. Thank you so much for watching. Stay safe out there. Hope you have a great day. Have a good one, guys. Peace.